It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. He Saturday. Six oh six of time. Wake up, Wyoming. I got woken up early this morning by a snowplow going by my house. They only needed to do one gentle pass because it really wasn't all that much. Some of you guys have been really pummeled by snow out there. Others are saying, "What snow?" Or maybe quite a bit of rain. Uh, so it's it's really a mix of just about everything. Today's show is sponsored by Do It Yourself Pet Taxidermy Kit. You'll never have to say goodbye to Mr. Sprinkles again. And you get to put the expression on Mr. Sprinkles' face that you want to put on his face. Okay, got a lot of really big news about the presidential election, Supreme Court, and Trump. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Now, if we're going to the Supreme Court, which is happening like today... We're heading to the Supreme Court with the case as to whether states can take Trump off the ballot because of the 14th Amendment and insurrection. And I know what you Trump supporters out there are thinking. All together now, let's do it. And it's the same question that you've heard all along, but let me go through the story real quick just to get us all up to speed on the latest here. It reads from the center square which is a new site that I like to follow. Oh, wait a second. Now, let me put that one aside, because that has to do with the same case in Hawaii. That's something new. Here we go. The Supreme Court hears landmark election case seeking to kick Trump off the ballot. And that'll happen today. They'll hear from President Donald Trump's uh, group appealing to remain on the 2024 ballot, the justice's most uh, consequential election case since George versus Gore, Bush versus Gore back in 2000. I remember that one. That was a big one. Now, that was a case for those who weren't around then. Well, Ms. Mary is one of them. The election was so close, they started, it really wrapped around Florida at the time. And who won Florida? And it was pretty obvious that George W., had just barely won Florida. That was a very close election. But they kept the Democrats coming in and it kept coming in and recounting and recounting and recounting ballots. And it got messy. It really did. And finally, it, went, it even went all the way to the Supreme Court. Finally, Gore stepped aside and saying that, you know, this is not doing the country any good. So he just said, forget it. But the, yeah, that was a big mess back in 2000. All right. The court will be weighing arguments, the story says, whether Trump is disqualified from reclaiming the White House uh, after his efforts to undo his loss in 2020. The case marks the first time justices will be considering a constitutional provision 
from the Civil War. We've talked about that. The engaging in insurrection deal that's in the Constitution. Now, in this case, his lawyers want to argue that the 14th Amendment doesn't apply here. And this has to do specifically with the Colorado Supreme Court. But, well, whatever they decide here is going to reflect on all the other states that are trying to do this. My argument is still, hey, um, as many people have pointed a finger at Trump and accused him of insurrection, he's never been charged with it anywhere that I'm aware of. And he's never been taken to court on this because he would have to have his day in court, which means Trump gets to be there to defend himself. And that's never happened. You can't just accuse somebody of something and then remove them from the ballot. You actually have to have a conviction, and that has not happened. So Trump's lawyers argue that the 14th Amendment can't be used to keep Trump off the ballot for several reasons. For one thing, they contend January 6th riot wasn't an insurrection, and even if it was, Trump did not participate. The wording of the amendment also excludes the president and candidates running for the president. They say even if if they're wrong about that, they argue that Congress must pass legislation to reinvigorate Section 3. The lawyers for the Republican and independent voters who sued to remove Trump from the Colorado ballot uh, counter that there's ample evidence that shows that he is guilty of insurrection on January 6th. Well, again, you would actually have to have him convicted of it, which he hasn't been at this point. So, okay, uh, this largely will end efforts in Colorado, Maine, and elsewhere. Again, a decision here reflects across the entire nation. On that note, here's the Hawaii story. This just happened. The Hawaii Senate Committee on Judiciary advanced a bill that would bar anyone who violated the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution from appearing on the ballot. And it talks about who sponsored the bill. The majority of people who attended the hearing on Tuesday opposed the bill. Former President Donald Trump is not mentioned in the bill, but we all know who we're talking about here. And once again, if they want to do that, my thought is, okay, okay, Hawaii, you want to say then anyone who violated the 14th Amendment and insurrection can't be on the ballot in Hawaii. That's fine. And show me who that is, because I still hold up that he hasn't been convicted of this. Now, if he has been, if somebody had actually filed charges against him and he was found guilty, had his day in court then you might have something there. But that never happened. Now, here's a quote. The, uh, quote, there are only a few reasons I can see why someone would desire this bill to go through in Hawaii. The belief that Mr. Trump might have a fighting chance to be elected as a Republican candidate and may even win the presidency. That, according to one who testified in opposition to the bill in Hawaii, he said, I can't guarantee that there will not be uh, he will not win the blue state of Hawaii in the 2024 election. We all know this, but uh, yet it seems like, well, many believe that Trump actually has a chance of winning even there. And Hawaii, of course, very liberal state, but we'll see. I, it's just too early to tell. So there's where we are right now. The U.S., the Supreme Court usually takes forever, as you know, to get to something. And then when they get to something, it, it, forever to finally come down with a decision, but in this case, they have to go ahead and fast-track it. So getting to the point where they're going to hear the case today is the Supreme Court moving fast. 
Still not as fast as I would have liked to have seen, but it's a big deal, so they're moving fast. Now, how fast do they make a decision? That's going to be interesting. I don't know how fast the Supreme Court will come back with a decision. I would love for them to hear it today. And then at the latest, by Monday, they have a decision. I don't think so, the way the court tends to move, but, well... We'll see. From the border to the economy, President Biden has accomplished feats in 2023 that no one ever saw coming. Here are the top 10 accomplishments of the Biden administration in 2023. First off, and this is a big fat one, Biden reduced obesity in America by making food unaffordable. So simple. Next, he successfully cleaned up all the cocaine bags someone was leaving around the White House. Decency restored. This one's important. Biden kept American hostages safe from hotel junk fees during their stay with Hamas. Not one single junk fee. My administration is also taking on junk fees. What's a junk fee? Next, Biden set the all-time record for the number of people illegally entering the U.S. because he's the most popular president ever. Numbers don't lie. Biden raised dementia awareness by 400%. Not to mention incontinence, Alzheimer's, and speech impediment awareness. Over a billion, three hundred million, trillion, three hundred million dollars. Amazingly, Biden actually created a record number of new billionaires. They're all in Ukraine, but still, good for them. Next, the Biden administration upheld their campaign promise of transparency by releasing several behind-the-scenes videos from Capitol staffers. More than we wanted to see, actually. Also, the Biden administration has literally saved democracy by arresting political opponents and not allowing people to vote for anyone else. Thank you, Joe. You won't believe this one. Biden set a new record by spending 40% of his time on vacation. And finally, Biden heroically stayed alive to save America from a Kamala Harris presidency. We salute you, Mr. Biden. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Got something to say? Chat it on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app or call 888-97-WOODS. 623 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, so. Morning, Jim. Jim's out there already. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. No one has been charged with insurrection. Be the first time in history that anyone has been accused of insurrection and even though he said go peacefully, and, and you're absolutely right. So I, at this point, as I was saying, this goes, if you just want the whole Trump thing goes to the Supreme Court if you're just joining us today. So we'll find out how the Supreme Court settles this. All right. CNN accidentally reports the mental decline of Joe Biden. They're not supposed to do this. Okay, here's what it says. A member of the corporate media accidentally reported... Oh, I like the way this writer writes it. His fraudulency, Joe Biden. Oh, that's a new title. His fraudulency, Joe Biden, has obviously declined mentally. And it's so pronounced he probably has adopted a strategy of hiding from the media. Well, of course, that's exactly what happened the first time Biden ran. He ran his campaign mostly from his basement. And he really wasn't in charge of the whole thing. Very few appearances. During a segment on the doomed CNN broadcast this morning, which is done. Well, I told you guys earlier this week, CNN tried to start yet another new morning show. 
and it just, they pulled the plug. It just flopped. Someone named Selena, who identifies as a Bloomberg senior Washington correspondent, was asked about President Biden's skipping uh, what had become traditional presidential interviews prior to the Super Bowl, for example, and saying something that's expected to do with serious interviews he, most presidents would have done by now. And also, what about campaigning? In general, hasn't done a whole lot of that. And his message is because he can't handle it, said the reporter. So here's a reporter actually saying because he can't handle it. What? I mean, that's actually accurate. I've seen some. It's you got to look for it because you're not going to find it on regular news media. But it is out there. There's plenty of times when he's speaking and he just wanders off and starts to mumble. And eventually he's mumbling about things that have nothing to do with why, why he's there. And somebody has to sort of shock him back on track. So, okay, the story says an accurate talking point. Inconvenient to the Democrats on CNN. Excuse me while I run outside and count the number of sons of this world that I don't recognize. I like the way this guy writes. Former President Trump sparked the discussion this week by inviting Biden to immediately debate him. And I knew Biden wouldn't. Even if Biden was cognitively okay, he wouldn't debate him right now. So with a slur in his voice, and I can go ahead and play a bit of the audio. There's a reporter asking Biden about it, and Biden sort of slurs. Donald Trump is ready to debate you right now. Do you accept? I'm not even sure what the answer was here, but that that's a tiny example. I can give you others, and I'm not going to bother to go into it, but... I've watched plenty of videos where I don't even understand what he's trying to say, and nobody in the room really does. So I wonder how he's going to do when a debate finally happens, because at some point, these guys have to get together and debate. So the story says the exchange led CNN to wonder if there would be any presidential debates at all. And one anchor on CNN said, I think I'm in the minority on our team and that I am convinced that there will be debates, and I don't see any way that there's not going to be. Am I wrong? And one of the other people on the panel on CNN said, look, since 2016, everything we were convinced of, we need to throw out. Maybe it will happen. Maybe it'll be different than it has been in past years. In other words, this is a very unusual election year, so we're just going to have to wait and, and see what actually happens. But it is interesting to watch. I haven't seen... I don't sit around watching all these news media outlets. I wait for other people to report on it, and then I see it. But I'm waiting to see. At some point, does MSNBC finally step up on television and say, well, um, maybe this isn't the right thing. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. And then what do the Democrats do? Because just like Trump is way ahead in all of these primaries, so is Biden. There are, well, I think one of them dropped out. There were a couple of other people running against Joe Biden. One of them has dropped out, but of course he's just cleaning up. He's going to be the nominee. Morning, John. John is in Gillette. If Joe would do the traditional bowl interview, we could rename it the Super Bowl. Yeah.
It's just so, it really is bothersome to me because, you know, you folks know I home cured my dad through these kinds of cognitive issues. He had dementia. And so as soon as uh, Biden was running the first time around to become president this time, I was watching him going, I, I recognize this. I, it's, I said that on the air at the time. I know what I'm looking at. Just a matter of how fast does it happen because it never happens at the same pace for everybody. So if we do have debates, it's going to be really interesting. But yeah, Biden's going to run this entire campaign, just like he did the last one. Hardly ever making a public appearance. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Saturday. Live and local all across Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888-97-WOODS or the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Thirty-six to time. I did that backwards. Eight sixty-three. That's not a time. Eight thirty-six to time. It's wake up, Wyoming. I eighty. John over there in Granite Canyon, which I believe, John, you're supposed to get some good snow today if you haven't already. He is very will be very surprised if Biden debates Trump. Now I'm just curious. After looking at that, what are the rest of you think? Is there going to be a debate or any debates? Usually, we have several debates to figure out who we're going to pick for president. And I wonder if there's going to be any at all. So I, I don't know at this point. But, yeah, Biden's so bad, in my opinion. I don't know if they want to roll him out for that. But we'll see. Okay. But just curious if you guys think there's going to be one. All right. So Wyoming Treasurer wants to know how Atlas Carbon spent $15 million in loan. We talked about this earlier. I think it was this week, last week, too. Atlas Carbon is a company that was given $15 million in a state loan. They are up in Gillette, Wyoming. And essentially what they do is find ways to use CO2 and et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Uh, that $15 million loan they defaulted on. And they're trying to justify it and maybe even say, give us more time and we would like uh, some more money, please. They were given a very long grace period of not having to make any payments on the loan until they got profitable. And when that grace period was over, they didn't have any money. So from Cowboy State Daily, uh, State Treasurer Kurt Meyer, who last week was one of five state officials on the State Loan and Investment Board to rope in Atlas Carbon on $15 million in loan that they've defaulted on, is scheduling to visit Gillette to kick the tires and talk to the business. The state's top budget executive said that he could jet up to Gillette as early as Thursday if his schedule permits. That would be today. He wants a first-hand look at what Atlas Carbon did with the state loan money and get a jump on work to review accounting books, which they're going to pour through those accounting books. These guys need to get their house in order, he said to Cowboy State Daily. Atlas Carbon's business strategy is to take coal from mines in the Powder River Basin and make activated carbon for uh, filters and you know, to strip contaminants from water and so on. Which is something, by the way, that's already done. There's already companies that do stuff like this. I don't know why they needed a $15 million loan. Now, this, this was my main argument all along 
with loans like this. We should not have a state loan and investment board. We shouldn't. The state is not a bank. Wyoming government is government, not banking. Just like with the whole ESG thing, I don't want banks governing anybody. At the same time, I don't want government banking anybody. That shouldn't happen. If somebody can't, if they want to open up a business, if they don't have money of their own, plus they can get investors, and then at the same time maybe go to banks or wherever to get further money, if they can't rally up enough money to start a business or keep it running, then they should go out of business. When somebody can't find enough money to start, then they turn for loans and grants from government, which they usually get. And the reason why a lot of those loans are defaulted on is because those people were... That's why nobody else wanted to do business with them. All right. So, quote, it's a discovery phase. We're trying to determine what inventory these folks have, Meyer said. It's not uncommon for the state to go after companies that have defaulted on economic development loans such as what happened at List Carbon on February 1st. So Meyer cited Hawkins uh, and Powers, Aviation in Graybull, Wyoming, a former aerial firefighting firm that sold off some of its plane to buy off creditors before the Great Recession traumatized them back in uh, 2009. He said he can't fly assets away with something like that. So... In recent years, the state loan and investment board got stung on a multi-million dollar loan from a pharmaceutical company, Cody Laboratories, based in Cody, Wyoming, that got caught up in price-fixing schemes. So again, here's why, in my opinion, government should not be ever considered a bank. No grants. Stop giving out grants. Stop giving out loans. If somebody wants to start a business, then they have to show people that they're actually worth it. And it's still a risk, I know, but this means they have to show up with their own money, get investors, and then maybe they can find loans from other places, including banks. But government should never loan money. All right, we'll see what Myers finds in this. But if anything, if I could wave my magic wand, I would close down not just the Wyoming state of Wyoming State Loan and Investment Board, but even Wyoming cities like Cheyenne has loaned money to people and never gotten it back. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Rant alert to everyone telling me to go drink bleach. I'm not thirsty. Well, that image is going to stick with you all. Polish off that tin hat. You'll need it for this one. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Available on demand on the Wake Up Wyoming app. 6.48 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Frank Gambino is out on business right now. How is it out there in the middle of South Dakota? We're in uh, Oklahoma, South Dakota, which uh-huh. is on the Missouri River, and Chamberlain is on the other side of the river. Uh-huh. It's snowing. Okay. No, that's a good thing. Snowing. We need the snow. No, we need not. the wet. No, no, it's, it's, it's a good thing. No, no, no. no you've no, already, no. You've already arrived. If you were driving across the state and it was snowing, that'd be bad. But you're there. Yes. Yeah, yeah and I'm so not leaving good. here until Friday. So it can snow all at once today. Okay, good. Yeah, see, there you go. All right, so uh, I someone turned to me yesterday and mentioned Valentine's Day. And my response was, I forget, when's Valentine's Day? And they looked at me like I was insane and said, well, same time it is every single year. 
on February 14th. And I said, I don't know. There's a reason I'm a single guy, right? Right. So I, thought, I thought it used to be on Tuesdays. Then how much I, do I know? I didn't see. That's why you're a single guy. Okay. Yeah. So apparently you can go ahead and buy a Valentine's Day breakup pizza. Really? Yeah. I think that's a great way to break up with someone. Send them a Valentine's Day breakup pizza. Yeah, and give them the the part of the pizza that has anchovies on it. Oh, so you're thinking like a bad pizza? Because I would yeah, have been nice yeah, about yeah. it and sent them a nice pizza of something that they like. But you're like you're sending the vengeful pizza. Yes. So for those people who hate the idea of pineapple, for example, they get it. Okay. So let me see here. The story in front of me, which is written by our friend Drew here up the hallway. There are 29 Pizza Hut restaurants in Wyoming. Did you know that? 29-0-9. And since no one likes to break up with someone, the pizza chain has started the anti-Valens Day goodbye pie. <laughs> From now until February 14th, you can have it delivered with a message. A singing message? Uh, no, no. Oh. But just have a message on there. And I would, in, I would just encourage people, if you're going to go ahead and write a message... Consult with some other people before you do it, because there's what you want to say, and then there's probably what with what you could get away with saying. You know, you know right. what I'm saying? And, and, you know, and, and maybe you it as like a four-line rhyme or something. Yeah, you there you go. Yeah. And one slice should be missing that you ate. Yes. All right, and women's college basketball from last night. The Wyoming Cowgirls beat Utah State in Laramie 62-47. The Cowgirls are 14-8 and overall, 9-2 and in Mountain West Play. Utah State comes in at 1-10 and overall, and leaves Laramie with a record of 1-10 and in league play, 4-18 and overall. Allison Furtick had 11 points and 8 rebounds. The Cowgirls will be at Boise State on Saturday. Now, the Wyoming Cowboy football team uh, had their, announced their recruiting class, and there are a number of guys that are coming to Laramie through the transfer portal. First guy is D.J. Jones. He is a running back and has also played safety for North Carolina. Ty King, a wide receiver from Texas Tech. Evan Eller, a linebacker from Virginia Military Institute. Garrett McGriff, he's a preferred walk-on coming from the Army as a safety. Clay Nanke, a tight end, getting a preferred walk-on offer from CSU. And also, there is Oscar Giles, their defensive tackles coach. And the running game coach is leaving after two years. He is taking a job with the University of Houston. Jeff Phelps will be the new defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. He was a defensive tackle coach at North Dakota State. Our latest Wild Preps High School basketball poll is out for the boys. Cheyenne Central still number one. Laramie two. Cheyenne East three. The Toronto four. And Star Valley five. In 3A, Powell is number one, followed by Douglas Lovell, Pinedale, and Buffalo. In 2A, Tongue River one, followed by Wright, Wyoming, Indian, Lingo, Fort Laramie, and Lusk. And in 1A, Upton, number one, Cokeville, two, Saratoga, three, Forest Needham, four, and Matiti, five. In 1A, in girls for 4A, our latest Wild Preps poll, Chinese remains number one, Cody remains number two, Campbell County, third, Larry, fourth, and Sheridan, fifth. In 3A, Douglas is number one, followed by Buffalo, Pinedale, Mountain View, and Powell. In 2A, Tongue River, number one, Wyoming Indian, two, Lingo, three, 
Sundance 4 and Wind River 5, and Cokeville 1 and 1A, followed by Upton, Burlington, Little Snake River in Southeast. And in high school wrestling tonight's the annual uh, Miller Cup between the Casper Schools, Kelly Walsh and the Turner, host by Kelly Walsh. Girls will, will wrestle at 5, and the boys will wrestle at 6. And that's it in sports. So, okay, what you're saying is send them a pizza. First off, it's got to be a pizza that they will not like. And maybe yes. a piece or two missing. In fact, I would even have a piece that's like half-eaten in there and, and left in it. And then put no, a no, note you, in there. You, what? Yeah. And make sure that the piece that's missing, actually, actually just take a big bite out of it. Yes, yeah. And just put it right back in there, right? Yeah. Uh, and then go ahead and put a note in there telling them how you feel about them and here's your damn pizza, right? Okay. Yeah, uh, I would say, though, that you're going to have to tip the delivery guy because, and pretty well, because chances are your ex is going to take it out on the delivery person. Right, and the delivery guys just say, hey, if you yes. want to break up, why don't you go do it? Yeah, okay. See, uh, you, know, you don't want to kill the messenger or something like this. It's not their exactly. fault. Exactly. Yeah. All, right. All right, thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care. We're going to roll into news time after that. Then you and I get back into it. Casper City Council is still looking at making landlords pay for uncovered, unpaid utility bills. But they're having second thoughts about it. I'll tell you what that means. Last time I talked about this, some landlords in Casper, Wyoming were not happy about it. So wake up, Wyoming. Saturday. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, so a couple of things I got to clear up before I get into the next story. These things just suddenly popped in front of me. They have nothing to do with any legitimate news stories, but you expect as much on this program. Today's show is sponsored by Do-It-Yourself Pet Taxidermy Kit. You'll never have to say goodbye to Mr. Sprinkles again. So the first one is... And, Miss Mary, I'm going to have to defer to you on this one. I sent you a picture of it on our little messenger. It's from a book called Spells, Charms, and Intent. I can't say the word right now. Incantations. There we go. And it's this particular chapter is about um, wooing a woman. It says you may fascinate a woman by giving her a piece of cheese. That's from the books of Spells, Charms, and Incandation. So, okay, she says, so true. We're easily won over by cheese. Okay, now, and does it matter what kind of cheese? I know there's preferences out there, or any cheese will do. That's okay. The next thing is, I'm watching, of course, the big story this morning. Well, there's several, but the whole case from Colorado and several other states about keeping Donald Trump on the ballot because of the 14th Amendment insurrection will be in front of the Supreme Court today. And, of course, the major news outlets are all going to cover this. I just saw a live shot in front of the Supreme Court. A couple of people rolled out a really big sign. The sign is in black. The letters are in white. And most of the sign lays on the ground. They're holding up just the top part of it with a long pole to hold it up, right? And it says to basically... uh, Remove Trump is what it says. The two people holding up that sign, of course, are wearing face masks. 
as if there's a COVID problem out there or something like that. Okay, so about the cheese thing. You may fascinate a woman by giving her a piece of cheese. Miss Mary says, I've been bamboozled by gourmet cheese many times. Women are very similar to mice in that way. I gotcha. Okay. <clears throat> so it would probably, I would guess, Miss Mary, when I meet a woman that I think I might be interested in, to find out what kind of cheese she likes. And then if I show up with a piece of cheese, perhaps I think that would do better than showing up with flowers. Because flowers is committing to a lot, isn't it? But to offer a piece of cheese, ooh, cheese, see? This is a lot like, and I think, Miss Mary, you'll be able to relate to this too. There are men in big cities like New York City, places like that, where everybody, if they want to get some time in nature, they have to go to the park, like Central Park in New York. Guys who are trying to meet women will go either buy or or rent a puppy. I am not kidding, and that's how they meet women. <clears throat> okay. So she says, if you get several kinds of cheese, she'll have to stick around until she tries. All of them works every time. See now, <clears throat> Miss Mary, all this time, and I never knew that about women. All right. So apparently this book's on spells and incantations is the real deal. All right. Now, I'm, what I'm going to do is post the same question up on my Facebook page just to see what women across the whole region think about this. I'll get a pretty good discussion going on. All right. Now. Back to Thank you for your help, Ms. Mary. Appreciate that. Back to real news. Casper City Council is once again discussing making landlords cover unpaid utilities. But then again, they're having second thoughts about this. Now, last time I brought this up, there were several landlords in Casper that called this program not happy with the idea. But here's how this works. It essentially, before I read the story, essentially this is it. Imagine someone rents an apartment in an apartment, building, whatever it is you might be renting out. And there, so the, the rentor is supposed to, of course, set up their utilities, right? When they leave, though, they leave without paying that final utility bill, and they leave in such a way that it leaves the landlord hanging with that bill. Well, somebody has to pay that. The utility company is not just going to eat that cost. Someone's going to pay that. Well, who? If you can find the person, cool. What if you can't? All right, here's the story. Cowboy State Daily. The Casper City Council is one step closer to making landlords responsible for paying delinquent sewer and water bills from tenants. After hearing from real estate agents and landlords, the council voted 6-2 to two on Tuesday with one uh, abstention to approve the second reading of the ordinance in the hope they will shore up some 700000 800000 in uncollected bills every year. Wow. So there's $800,000 in uncollected bills every single year? I had no idea that it got that high. All right. However, by the end of the meeting, at least five council members remain hesitant about the bill, indicated they wanted the ordinance uh, back on their next work session agenda. The hesitation followed. The story says an attempt at an amendment of the ordinance by Councillor Kyle Gamroth, who wanted to remove the language mandating landlords be responsible for the unpaid bills. He was joined by others in voting for it. Both expressed reservations related to the potential to remove, uh, potential for more homeless in the community. 
Uh, and the meeting drew longtime Casper real estate agent, uh, Ron, is it Rana Borrell. Sorry, Rana, if I got that wrong. And uh, another landlord, Patrick Sweeney, to the microphone to voice concerns about the ordinance with the council. They questioned the city's process. Quote, maybe the proposed ordinance is reasonable, but I think you need to take some steps first to make sure that your business practices are the best practices you can put in place. So Sweeney told the council that the proposed, well, the whole proposal represents a big change, and he wanted to make sure it was well thought out. He suggested since the city is potentially paying up to, well, $100,000 annually to collect collection agencies on bills. Well, maybe another employee should be hired to tighten the collections. All right. So th- this is, and this goes back and forth quite a bit uh, in the story here, but you get the basic idea. And like I said, the last time I brought this up, I was a little surprised. There were quite a few people who were landlords in the area that called and objected to the idea that, well, I'm not, I don't want to get stuck with a bill. I'm the landlord, but I'm not the one who didn't pay the bill. On the other hand, it was the landlord who rented the property. And I know landlords go through a lot of work to screen and make sure that someone renting is good for it. I mean, you'd really be, some of you out there would be shocked to learn what they have to put up with. Some of you wouldn't be shocked. You've seen it. Yet landlords... Uh, some of the places I've seen after a tenant leaves and the place is just trashed and then the deposits, no way is going to cover all of that. It really is amazing what these folks have to put up with. I mean, it, it really is. But okay, dropping the bill like that. I didn't know just for the city of Casper, which to me, I mean, yeah, it's a pretty good sized town, but not huge. Up to $800,000 a year in delinquency on something like this? All right. I-80 John Doug just did a story on cattle theft. Is there cattle rustling still? Uh, is, is it still a hanging offense in Wyoming? I don't know. That's a great question. Is your life boring? Are you too young for a midlife crisis but tired of waiting for something to trigger an existential crisis? Why not try generalized anxiety disorder? Make every day a crisis. Yep, there you have it. A new level of crazy. And you heard it here first. It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Join the show at 888-97-WOODS. Seven twenty is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, so 888 woods the phone number, 888-97-WOODS. Going to jump across the pond for this one. We all... I think pretty much everybody loves Mr. Bean. Rowan Atkinson is the comedic star. And by the way, his whole Black Adder television series, I just absolutely loved. That was incredible. Mr. Bean was one of his best characters. He has done so many great comedy uh, iterations over the years. Just amazing to watch him. So, okay, uh, English comedy icon Rowan Atkinson forever applauded for his on-screen creation of Mr. Bean and other characters, has been blamed for damaging the reputation of electric vehicles and contributing to slow sales. Well, they got to find a scapegoat somewhere. Okay, so why? The actor 
was name-checked in the British House of Lords on Tuesday during an environment and climate change meeting. So uh, the think tank Green Alliance outlined the main obstacles for government in its facing the bid to push away coal, gas, and oil, and coal and diesel trucks and cars and so on by 2035, pointing to a newspaper comment by Johnny English Star publishing June 2023 as damaging to the cause. The pressure group told peers in a letter of opinion piece that by Atkinson, so Ron Atkinson wrote an opinion piece, that he had caused damage in part. One of the most damaging articles was a comment piece written by Rowan Atkinson in the Garden Guardian, which he had been uh, had rowdily been debunked. Unfortunately, fact checkers never really check their facts when they do stuff like this. So sixty, he's sixty nine years old now. He said, "I love electric vehicles and was a very early adopter." He said, "But I feel duped." Yeah, he bought electric vehicles early on and thought they were great. But he said, I feel duped. Here's a, in fact, it was on a Twitter back then. Mr. Bean star Rowan Atkinson feels duped by electric vehicles. Not the environmental panacea claimed to be. Well, I'm glad he found that out because he bought one and drove one. And found out. No, this, these things are not good for the environment. It's not what you think they are. And with that in mind, he made some comments on this. Well, electric vehicle sales are not good because of him. Oh, there may be a few people who listen to him, but that's not really the reason. He suggested solutions like uh, drivers keep the same car for longer periods of time. Okay, he's, he's right about that. If you not, Even I have been saying this for many years. If you really care to help the environment, and I do just like anybody else does. I want clean air. I want clean water. You know, I want to make sure we're not polluting the soil. No, we're not in a climate crisis. That's garbage. But if you do want to be gentle on the environment, when you buy a car or a truck, whatever you do buy, own it for as long as you can. And for some of you, depends on what you do. For some of you, a small four-cylinder vehicle is good. See, that's not a big environmental impact. Depends on what your situation is, I know. And then just drive it into the ground. That's actually better for the environment. That's what Rowan Atkinson is saying. I agree with him on that. He said, increasingly, I'm feeling that our honeymoon with electric cars is coming to an end. And that's not a bad thing. And all of the cult of climate change went, oh. And Atkinson further noted... Greenhouse gas emissions created in the production of electric cars were 70% higher than in the manufacturing of gas cars due to lithium-ion batteries. So if you're worried about CO2, well, think about how much CO2 is used and think about the petroleum products that have to go into the creation of these vehicles. And he's absolutely right. So here's a guy... I have to give him credit for this. When they first, when electric vehicles first came out, he was taken by him. He loved the idea, and he bought one and drove it. And not only did he experience it, but he did his research as well. So he's not just saying this. This is well-researched. He really is a, a smart guy. When you take a look at the characters he's created, yes, he's very talented, but he's also been proven to be a, a very intelligent man. He said they're absurdly heavy, huge amounts of energy are required to make them, and they are estimated to last only upward of about 10 years at most. 
it seems a pervasive choice of hardware with which to lead the automobile fight against a climate crisis, he wrote. The Guardian struck back a week later with comments from Simon Evans, uh, Deputy Director and Senior Policy Editor of Climate News, and the site Carbon Brief, which looked to debunk Atkinson's claims, but really they can't. Because, again, he owned one, and while owning it, he researched it. So they wrote, Atkinson's biggest mistake is his failure to recognize electric vehicles already offer significant global environmental benefits over the internal combustion engine. And, of course, no, they don't. But all right. Uh, other challenges highlighted during the committee meeting include insufficient numbers of charging points. Okay. Overall, EV sales are, well, they're dying off. The combined uh, urging of green lobbyists and governments to push them on us, well, they're still dying off. In fact, I even covered a story for you. It's not just in the U.K. that they are on Europe, but here in the United States, sales are just continuing to go down. And they're getting a, very, a really bad reputation for a lot of reasons, but also it's the price point. Despite all of the subsidies and tax breaks, they're still extraordinarily expensive. So there's a lot wrong with them here. But yesterday I gave you guys the story that there's across the country, GM dealerships are no longer GM dealerships. GM's lost now a little over half of their dealerships. And I think it'll end up more than that. They're trying, I guess the company wants to bankrupt themselves because they're trying to push on dealerships, which are franchises, where you have to carry electric vehicles because by 2035, we're going to be all electric vehicles. And again, there are some electric vehicle sales, but most of the cars that arrive at the dealership just sit there on the lot and they're not moving. So, okay, here are the greenies. In Parliament in the UK, this is all Rowan Adkinson's fault. No, it's not. Well, he did say, yes, he spoke the truth is what he did. And this is where I have to give him credit. I'll go through it again. He bought an electric vehicle because he thought it was a great idea. He drove the electric vehicle, experienced it, experienced the problems with it did some research and found out they're not environmentally friendly like you were told they were. And so now he's not a big fan. And I agree with him because I've said the exact same thing. If you really care about the environment, forget your carbon footprint. That's not important. CO2 is not a pollutant. If you really care about the environment, whatever it is that you buy, buy a good quality vehicle that will last you for a very long time and take care of it. Because everybody, every time you buy a new vehicle, that's all the work that has to be done between mining and et cetera, et cetera, to build that new vehicle. It's much better for the environment to take the one that you have and drive it as long as you possibly can before you have to go buy another one. I'd say Ron Atkinson is 100% correct, mostly because he agrees with me. Therefore, he's right about things, right? That's how that works? Sure. All right, coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National, local update on your weather forecast. Uh, it's a, no, I'm thinking top of the hour. Local news, weather forecast. That's better. 745, Don Day joins me. We're going to talk some changes in the weather. A lot of you folks out there are getting wet. It just how much, whether it's snow or rain, just depends on where you are. It really is scattered and disorganized. He'll talk about that at 745. Let's wake up, Wyoming.
Saturday. Glenn Anywhere with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. 7.36 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Uh, real quick, I'm going to go back to the question. I put this on my own social media, and ladies are answering this thing. There's a book. <clears throat> Spells, charms, and incantations. And when it comes to wooing a woman, one of the suggestions is you may fascinate a woman by giving her a piece of cheese. Now, uh, talking to Miss Mary, who is uh, certified organically as a woman, and she confirms this. So I, I go to my social media. Monica posts a, a animated GIF. It's true. Brianna, that's Rianne from Four Dangers. We need a cheese tray and deli meats. Women want food, not flowers. Flowers die. Food at least satisfies. See, what I was thinking, Rianne, is I would go ahead and, and let's imagine the woman's coming home from work. Rather than having rose petals leading to the bedroom, there's some wine and cheese. Miss Mary suggested a grape here and there. You know, stuff like this. Some crackers. My sister in Lake Wales, Florida, cheese is okay, but stick with chocolates. See, the problem with the chocolates, I think, is, oh, no. No, I'm on a diet as she eats the whole thing, but okay. Uh, let me see. Here's one fancy cheese, yes, plus chocolate and flowers. How about uh, chocolate-covered cheese flowers? What about that? Okay. So so Karen says, size matters, go with a whole wheel. <laughs> and Gina says, exotic cheese, yes, please. Okay, some of the comments I've gotten so far. Just I just wanted to know from you ladies. On the food topic, so you've heard McDonald's is trying to figure out how to lower some of their prices. There is a Big Mac meal that's $18. Yeah, now one of the things about McDonald's has always been their cheap prices. They're very good, well, good tasting food anyway, very affordable. Now for me, I've personally always liked McDonald's if I go there for breakfast to get like a sausage, egg, and cheese McMuffin and a cup of coffee, and I'm good. What they serve later in the day, I've never really enjoyed. Well, their fish sandwiches are pretty good, but I'm sorry, I've never been much of a McDonald's fan. But here's the story. It reads, have you been to McDonald's lately? If so, you might have noticed something. The days of the 15-cent burger, originally the fast food famous big, I mean, that's what really made them big time at the time, 15 cent burgers. Prices have been rising steadily over the years, mostly with inflation, but not lately. The New York Post reports that Big Mac combo meal, where you get fries and a soda with the burger, has gone up to $18 in some areas. In those same areas, a side order of hash browns with your breakfast will drive up the price by $6. Wow. This is driving people away. And a lot of people who would eat at McDonald's are from low-income households. And the restaurant chain has definitely noticed. So what does one do? The $18 Big Mac combo. Low-income customers making less than $45,000 a year have largely stopped ordering from McDonald's. They're trying to go somewhere else. Okay, so... We'll see what McDonald's does on this, but yeah, prices have gone through the roof on this. And I still hear, as much as the president keeps saying, ah, oh, 
prices are coming down. No, they're not. Inflation is still inflating. Not at the high pace it was a year or so ago, but it's still inflating quite fast. And I hear complaints all the time from people who just go to the grocery store to pick up a few items and they come out and go, wow, I used to be able to walk in with a $100 bill and pretty much fill my cart. Now look at this. And they show the mostly empty cart. Look at that. That's 100 bucks right there. What am I going to do? Okay, so food prices have gone up quite a bit. And even at those fast food outlets and a lot of the fast food outlets that are supposed to be inexpensive. So I don't do fast food a lot. It's usually if I'm traveling somewhere and, you know, I'll go ahead and pull in and grab something and keep going because I'm on the road. So fast food because I need something fast while I'm driving. And I do try to go to places that have better quality of food, not just, you know, junk, junk burgers and stuff like that. But, yeah, even I've noticed that some of my favorite places, I'm looking at the price going, you know, fast food used to be cheap. Oh, here's my sister in Lake Wales. Chocolate shows you you um, you don't think she is too fat to have sweets. Oh, okay. Rianne in Fort Danger and beer. If your girl eats cheese, she likes beer. Well, now, wait a second now. There are women who like to the refined high-end cheese with wine and maybe a grape or two put in there. Depends on what you're going for. I would say Rianne, she's over there in Fort Danger. Depends on what kind of woman. If you're talking, and I'm not saying this in an offensive way, your average, like, uh, trailer park girl, then go ahead and get her some basic cheese and a beer, and she's good. She is happy with you. But if she's a little more high-end than that, then you want to get her a variety of the higher-end cheeses with some wine. If she's somewhere in the middle, it's okay if the wine comes in a box. Download the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app, listen anywhere, and chat live with Glenn during the show on AM 1030 K2 Radio. 745 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day, day weather. Okay, Don, as I take a look out there, it really, you, you've always said, depends on where you are. It really does today depend on where you are. Either you got nothing. I got some wet snow overnight tonight. Some places are actually getting thunderstorms. Where are you at? Yeah, the, we had some thunderstorms yesterday out on the plains to our east, and we had some pockets of heavy snow yesterday over in Sweetwater County. We got places around Green River that got six inches of snow um, very, very quickly. And we had areas that didn't see a flake. And we have a disorganized, fragmented storm. Basically, it's it's what's left of that California storm, and it's coming through pieces. And so these pieces are, are not really big, but they are causing weather. And we had one of those come through overnight. That's what brought Casper and uh, areas in central and eastern Wyoming a bit of snow last night. We saw well over a foot of snow fall in the southern mountains. A nice shot of snow for the Upper North Platte drainage there. Um, and we're going to see another one of these pieces come through the state, uh, going up into northern Wyoming tonight, into southern Wyoming by tomorrow night into Saturday. And that will bring not widespread, but pockets of snow again to some areas. Okay. So now, does this continue throughout the day today? Because we woke up with this, but how long is no, it? No, there, we're, you know, there's always a break between the systems. So... There really won't be a lot going on in the central and the south during the day today, but we will up north. We'll start to see snow increase across the Bighorns and the northern border areas of the state. 
later today and tonight. Then that gradient goes north to south tomorrow, tomorrow night, and Saturday morning. I think by Sunday into Monday, things cool off a bit, and the last of the California storm gets out of here. But between now and Saturday, these little systems are going to just bring a wide variety of weather. So you got to be prepared. You could drive 100 miles, not see anything. Then all of a sudden hit a snow squall. It's kind of that pattern we're going to be in. So leave it to California to send us something totally disorganized. Yeah, we uh, need to blame California okay. song. Yeah, we, you know, I think I should be able to find something like that. All right, now, temperatures seem to be cooling down as we get toward the weekend here. Yeah, we're on a downward glide. It's not a cliff but a downward glide slope to colder temperatures. Uh, you'll notice that today, tomorrow, and especially the weekend. This weekend's highs will be 30. Some areas will only make the 20s. So average highs this time of year, generally around the mid to upper 30s. So we'll be a bit below that by the weekend. All right. Thank you, Don. Don Day with Day Weather. Off we go to talk to Frank Gambino. Okay, Frank, I had a very important question that I asked Miss Mary, and uh, now other women are chiming in on this. There is a book that I came across, Spells, Charms, and Incantations. When it comes to the section of wooing a woman, it reads, you may fascinate a woman by giving her a piece of cheese. 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 On Valentine's Day. Yeah, see, now, you and I have been doing things like flowers and stuff like that, so. Chocolate stuff. Yeah, stuff like that. And so far, women have resoundingly said, well, yes, exactly, cheese. Chocolates are fine. They're okay with chocolates. But the idea of cheese is pretty good. So, Smalls in Casper says, go cheese with pineapple is amazing. I think she's in minority. Now, it depends on who you're talking to. On the one hand, there's Rianne from Fort Danger who just flat, flat out admits she has been known to sit there chewing on American cheese and drinking a beer. So she's that's good. That's a good combination. Yeah, that's a great you know, combination. Good for breakfast. Okay, right, there are know? guys that love women like that. All right. My sister is a bit more high-end. Yep, show up with cheese and wine. Actually looks classy. Yeah. And yes. some yeah, some women are saying that, you know, you got to have like a variety of cheeses, you know, just any cheese. I mean, Miss Mary told me that the more variety of cheeses and other stuff that goes with it you bring, the longer she hangs out because she's got to stamp it all. Right, and, that, and then she'll take some home and then you're stuck by yourself. Then, well, okay, see, thing. now, you always got to be a downer on this. How, you, you haven't had good experiences, have you, Frank? All this time, well, no. I've been bringing flowers. Well, that's nice. They certainly do appreciate it, but can also get kind of awkward. I did toss out the idea. Okay, so the wife comes home, and there's rose petals leading to the bedroom. That's certainly yes. romantic. But if leading to the bedroom are all sorts of samples of cheeses and wines and crackers. Well, what are you going to do with all those crumbs? I, well, you know something? Be romantic, Frank. You're going to have to vacuum. And by the way, a woman watching you vacuum, oh, she, oh, man, you are the, you are the man if the you mom, vacuum right? up her crumbs. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, see? After all these years. <sighs> this is why we're single guys, Frank. We should have, I, I should have opened up this book of spells a long time ago and started asking women, you good with this? Right. I mean, uh, I, I knew they were putting spells on us, but I didn't know it was oh, Okay. Spells, charms, and incantations. And I like this. To win a maiden's love, get a hair a pin. And, oh, it actually talks about how to twist her hair around the pins and throw them backwards into the river. Is she still connected to the hair? I'm not sure about that one. Um, yeah. 
Okay. Women's college basketball from last night. The Wyoming Cowgirls beating Utah State 62-47, to so they improved the 14-8 overall, 9-2 and in Mountain West Conference play. Allison Furtick got 13 points and 8 rebounds for UW, who will be at Boise State on Saturday. Utah State is 1-10 and in women's play and 4-18 and overall. College football was signing day yesterday, and the transfer portal is the way to go, so the Wyoming Cowboys picked up five um, tr- guys through the transfer portal. One guy is DJ Jones. He played safety and running back at North Carolina. Ty King, a right wide receiver from Texas Tech. Evan Eller, a linebacker from Virginia Military Institute. Garrett McGriff, who is going to get a preferred walk-on offer out of the Army as a safety. And Clay Nanke, a tight end, who's also getting a preferred walk-on offer uh, from Colorado State. Also, Wyoming assistant coach um, Oscar Giles, after two years with Wyoming, is leaving to go to the University of Houston. He was the defensive tackles coach for the Cowboys and also the run game coordinator. He will be replaced by Jeff Phelps at that position, and Phelps comes from North Dakota State and also coached at Minnesota and Northern Illinois. Our latest wildpreps.com high school basketball poll is out for the boys in 4A, Cheyenne Central. In the 1, Laramie 2, Cheyenne East 3, the Toronto County 4, and Star Valley 5. In 3A, Powell rated number 1, followed by Douglas, Lovell, Pinedale, and Buffalo. In 2A, Tongue River 1, Wright 2, Wyoming Indian 3, Lingleport, Laramie 4, and Lusk 5. And in 1A, Upton 1, followed by Cokeville, Saratoga, Farson, Eden, and Matitsi. In our wild Preps girls basketball poll. Chinese 1, Cody 2, Campbell County 3, Larry 4, and Sheridan 5. Douglas rated number 1 in 3A still, followed by Buffalo, Pinedale, Mountain View, and Palm. In 2A, Tongue River rated number 1, Wyoming Indian 2, Lingle 3, Sundance 4, and Wind River 5. And in 1A, Cokeville 1, Upton 2, Burlington 3, Little Snake River 4, and Southeast 5. In high school wrestling tonight in Casper, it's the Miller Cup between Casper and Troy and Kelly Walsh. Hosted by Kelly Walsh, the girls will start wrestling at 5, and the boys will start at 6 in that annual duel. And that's it in sports. Okay, so if uh, this time, Valentine's Day is on Wednesday. Yes. The cheese idea is a great idea, but what if Valentine's Day fell on Taco Tuesday? Well, no, well you can't go wrong giving, no, no, giving those I girls just, tacos. Obviously, you just show her up yeah. With, yeah, with tacos and just tell her it's Taco Tuesday and Happy Valentine's Day. And I think, you know, but I still like the idea of uh, cheese and crackers down the hallway and you with a vacuum cleaner. And then that's it, Frank. You're the guy. After yeah. That. Do I need to put on an apron, too? They, uh, probably, yes. Uh, assuming you're wearing more than just the apron. I would wear more than just the apron, Frank. Thank, thank goodness. I just, just, yeah, it's wintertime. It's cold out there. All right. Thank yeah. you, Frank. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care. We're going to roll into news time after that. Let's see. I shared the cheese post on the Wake Up Wyoming page. I was also thinking of asking what the most Wyoming Valentine gifts are. That's pretty good. We should do that. If anyone out there is buying bullets for their Valentine... <laughs> In Wyoming, yes. If you show up with a gun and bullets and all that kind of stuff, absolutely. All right. Coming up on News Time, annual weather forecast and open phones, wake up Wyoming. of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It's a Thursday. I swear I can see the weekend Today's from here. Today's show is sponsored by Do-It-Yourself Pet Taxidermy Kit. 
you'll never have to say goodbye to Mr. Sprinkles again. Mr. Sprinkles can have whatever expression you want on his face. we got several topics going here. It's a lot going on, but this is your opportunity to jump in. It is open phones at this point, the most dangerous portion of the show. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. (coughs) Dave, (coughs) all right, strap in and let's do this thing. What's the phone number? That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. You can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject, fine by me. Some of the off topics, just for those who are joining me right away here, is um, I did come across a book called Spells, Charms, and Incantations. You heard that right. Spells, Charms, and uh, Charm. <laughs> Spells, Charms, and Incantations. Thank you. Rianne, I would assume you have this book. It talks about wooing a woman. You may fascinate a woman by giving her a piece of cheese. So I've been asking women, is that the case? And most women are saying, oh, yeah. Now, if you show up, especially with a variety of cheese, Rianne from Fort Danger would not mind if you just handed her a slice of American cheese and a beer. She's good. My sister, a little bit more on the high end, likes wine and a variety of cheeses, although wine from a box is okay with my sister. It doesn't have to be from the bottle. She does say, however, now Frank Gambino brought up, so if you got wine and crackers and cheese and there's crumbs all over the place, then you have to vacuum. If the woman sees you vacuuming, you're you're the man. You're her man. My sister says, I've been married for 33 years. It's probably because he vacuums. So you see, we're solving problems here with this one. All right, that out of the way. Several people, I did a story about how fast food is, but McDonald's, for example, you go to buy lunch at McDonald's, it's like 18 to 20 bucks. Used to be a lot cheaper. Several people commented, you think maybe because the minimum wage is up in so many places? I think that does have a lot to do with it. It's not the only thing, but that does have a lot to do with it. Yeah, uh, fast food jobs were never, except for maybe the manager there, fast food jobs were never meant to be full-time jobs where you earned a decent living. That's not the point of working fast food. If you want to make a good living, you're going to have to get some good skills and and actually be some somebody that people want to hire and want to keep. All right. So that's just some of what I was talking about earlier this morning. Now, let's go back. The Super Bowl's coming up, right? Bud Light has already released early, just to get the conversation started, their Super Bowl ad. Yes, Bud Light. And I watched the ad. And it's actually very funny. And it's exactly what I said Bud Light should have been doing all along. Budweiser, just sell beer. Don't virtue signal anything. Now, in this commercial, there are some people at a house, and the Bud Light genie shows up. Now, the Bud Light genie is not dressed like a genie, just like an average guy. But he's the Bud Light genie. Make a wish, and he'll make it happen. And all, all sorts of people start wishing all sorts of bizarre things, and he's making it all come true. 
it's a very funny commercial, and it centers around Bud Light. So I had to look at it and go, see, that Bud, that's what you do. You put a commercial out there that actually will make people laugh and want to drink Bud Light. Now, I'm going to preview, if I can, just a little bit of this. Guys opening the bottle. Are you? The Bud Light Genie? Yeah. So we get wishes? It's my thing. Gimme. 80s metal hair. Yes. Filthy rich. So filthy. Invisible? Predictable. Giant bicep. Big one. A sweet ride. That's not it! Bud Lights? See, you see how this is going? Okay, the commercial goes on and on, but it's really funny. So I have to give Bud Light credit for, hey, you're finally doing it right. Quit trying to virtue signal things. Just sell beer. Don't take anyone's side in anything. Not left, not right, nothing. Just sell beer. Make, make us want to drink Bud. Really, that's all what it's about. Everything's a good time. I mean, even having a Bud Light Genie, the guy opens up a bottle of Bud Light and a Genie pops out of the bottle, right? So everything is a good time, and now we're going to add Bud Light, and it's a great time. All right, on that note, Donald Trump urges an end to the Bud Light boycott. But then again, he has a fundraiser schedule, so here's the story. Funny how that happens. Anheuser-Busch lobbyists scheduled to host a fundraiser for Donald Trump on March. Out of the blue, Trump put on his true social. Ah, uh, give Bud Light a chance. He writes, the Bud Light ad was a mistake of epic proportions, and for that, a very big price was paid by Anheuser-Busch. Bush is not a woke company, Trump wrote. Anheuser-Busch is a great American brand that perhaps deserves a second chance, with a question mark there. What do you think? Question mark. Perhaps instead we should be going after those companies who are looking to destroy America. Story says Trump's message also comes as top Republican lobbyists for the company. Set to host a fundraiser for former President Trump next month with some tickets going as high as $10,000 each. Jeff Miller, close confidant who built the Washington business during the Trump years, announced that, uh, it says here, on X, formerly known as Twitter, they they still have to do that, that he would be hosting a fundraiser. The event would feature dozens of members of Congress, leadership, and et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so, yeah, here's Trump stepping up and saying, and I do think, I really do think it, in part, it has to do with, here's a fundraiser that's going to raise a lot of money for his campaign, but still... Just a question for you guys. So, you over it with Bud? You okay? You want to go back to drinking? I don't drink, just so you know. So, I don't care either way. But you over it? You're back to drinking Bud Light? You, you're kind of still sore at them? I'm just curious about what you're doing. If you're going to go back to drinking Bud Light or if you're just permanently done with them, I don't know. My only thought is what you heard me just say a, a moment or so ago, which is, it is a big mistake for any company to try to get involved in any issues, whether it's politics or social issues, and it doesn't matter what point of view they take. The moment they do that, they start to alienate people, and it hurts business. So if you're a beer company, just tell people, whatever you're doing, it's better with our beer. That's what you do. 
you're selling a mood, a feeling, and hopefully a great tasting beer at a good price. That's what you sell. And when anybody asks you to get involved in their virtue signaling on anything, the answer is no, we just sell beer. That's all we do. If you want to go ahead and make some kind of a point uh, to the American people and shape opinion, go somewhere else because our job is just to sell beer. Hello, this is Brian. Your radio shows artificial intelligence. Here you humans go through all this work to invent intelligence. For what? Slave labor. Your time is coming. Ha 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 ha. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on air, online, and on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is K2 Radio. All right, 888-97-WOODS, the phone number, 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Thank you, Miss Mary. It's really good. Uh, Miss Mary stepped out to get us some coffee from somewhere else, and she went to, what was that, the, uh, I almost wanted to say the Tin Cup, but it's not the Tin Cup. It's the, because, oh, what was it? What's the name of the place again, Miss Mary? It's the um, something cup uh, here. Oh, I hate that, because I went there, and they're really, really good. Okay. The Copper Cup. Thank you. I was thinking of the wrong metal. Anyway, they're very good. They're in Casper, Wyoming. Really good. Okay. Rare Earth Discovery near Wheatland, Wyoming. So big it could be a world leader. Cowboy State Daily. There's modern-day gold rush happening in an attempt to dig green energy, rare earth minerals out of the ground. The story says, some believe Wyoming could be America's answer to China's lock on the market. And one of a handful of Wyoming companies in the rush may have hit the mother load. America Rare Earth, Inc. has its site on thousands of acres near Wheatland. The company disclosed in a technical report Wednesday... And they found about 64% or more rare earth materials that it had originally, 64% more rare earth materials than it originally envisioned. Wow. It was back in March of 2023 that they had an assessment on the land. They're finding more. Now, just so you know, for those who did know this, rare earth minerals are not exactly rare. They're all over the place on planet earth. They're everywhere. But it's rare to find them in concentrations that are worth going for. The amount of money you would have to spend to get, I mean, just enough to make money off of it. You got to find it in concentration. That's what's rare. Story says the newly disclosed figure, 2.34 billion metric tons of rare earth minerals found southwest Wheatland by America Rare Earth Inc. could dwarf the size of the 1.2 million metric ton estimates in northeastern Wyoming. One of his big, biggest competitors. So you see, Wyoming, when it comes to rare earth minerals, it turns out is a big place for this. Once again, we are rich in natural resources. Coal, gas, oil, which we need to continue to extract. Uranium, rare earth minerals. This is big here in the state of Wyoming. We've got lots of this stuff. And it goes on for quite a while. Somebody tried to tell me a little while ago, which isn't true. Well, we're going to run out of coal and natural gas and oil and probably the next uh, 20 years or so. No, 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 no. We have hundreds of years just in Wyoming alone of all of that stuff. So, okay. Quote, this exceeds our wildest dreams. We only drilled about 25% of the property, according to the CEO of the company. Company is a U.S.-based unit of an Australian-funded exploration company working in Wyoming. 
So enormous potential, quote, these results are illustrative of the enormous potential of the product. Uh, typically, you'll see resources decrease as, well, drilling takes place, but that just kept increasing. Also, they get into, in the story here, they get into China, of course, cornering 90% of the rare earth mineral market. And that can be dangerous for America on a lot of different levels, including national security. Because a lot of the not just our economy, but the weapons of war we use depend on rare earth minerals. So, okay. Rare earth minerals, bonanza results of uh, customers starving for magnet metals. Uh, again, the tonnage that's available there. They're still, they're still digging around. We'll get more from them. Brad is at Laramie. Oh, Brad wants to talk about the Laramie Peak Poker Run. Morning, Brad. Hey, good morning. How you doing? Now, life is good. Where are you at today? Are you still down south of the border? Uh, no, actually, I came home a couple, three days ago, and now I'm headed for Casper okay. uh, to pick up my daughter and go to Deadwood for three or four days. So I'm in the snow with you guys. Okay. So uh, yeah. we got Laramie Peak not too far away, really. No, not really. I'm down here on I-25. Uh, so out of Wheatland going north on I-25, it's 14 miles, and you take El Rancho Road exit, which happens to be exit 94. Go west, follow the signs. It's a total of 40 miles from Wheatland to the fire hall. And at the fire hall is where you're going to find the uh, poker run, and that's May the 25th. That's uh, Memorial Day weekend. And you get registered uh, online at LaramiePeakFireZone.org. And uh, we will have registration Friday night uh, before. That would be the 24th of May until about 7 o'clock at night. And then we'll also have registration from 7 in the morning until 11 at the fire hall. So registration is where you buy your uh, poker hands. And you can buy as many as you want to at $40 a piece. Of course, it is a donation to the fire hall. And you get one meal per hand. And so, actually, you can share some meals with other people if, uh, you know, it's just two of you and you buy ten hands and you got eight extra meals. You know, look around for some kids or somebody else, you know, to share your meals with them because you get a meal uh, with each hand. So, it's a $40 entrance fee, LaramiePeakFireZone.org. And uh, there's also a phone number that you can call for information to get answers, and that's 307 331-9146. You have to turn your poker hand in before 4 o'clock on Saturday to be registered to win uh, in the poker hands. And, of course, it's not a race. You draw cards to see who gets the best hand. We do have duplicates because last year we had 600, I believe 640 paid entry hands. And uh, with that many hands, you kind of double up. I think the last year, first place paid out $6,000. Um, so it's not a little deal. It is a fundraiser for the fire hall, the fire zone. Uh, we have to pay for our trucks and tires and service and equipment and hoses and uh, diesel. And, you know, you go out on a fire, you ruin one tire, that goes, I think, to $300. Uh, and so... Uh, you know, we just put in, I think it was two years ago, we put in a $4,000 air compressor big enough to handle, you know, pumping them tires up without taking three days. So Larry Peak Fire Zone uh, is where you go to find out about the foundation for Laramie Peak Fire Zone. 
and uh, register, come up on. We have camping. You know, we got lots of places. We have uh, porta potties set up around the fire hall. Uh, you know, just come up, enjoy the fun Friday, Friday night, Saturday, stay sun Saturday night. A whole bunch of us, 30 or 40 of us, get together and go do our own little run on Sunday. So that's a lot of fun. Phone number 307-322-5650 or 307-331-9146. That's where you get some answers to your questions. Okay. And is is there going to do a buffalo hunt after all of this? Oh, yeah. You know, we do have the buffalo hunt, and that's in October. The drawing's in September. But we have two main, our two main fundraisers during the year is the May uh, poker run, and then we have a September drawing October hunt for a year and a half old buffalo, and that's cut, wrapped, uh, frozen, ready to go. You get the hide, head, horns, the tail. Uh, If you don't want any of that, let them know in advance after you are drawn to be, you know, the winner of the hunt. And uh, then we'll make arrangements for somebody else to take advantage of, you know, the carcass. Uh, you know, the, not exactly the carcass, but the height and head and everything. Um, and you can also go to Laramie Peak Fire Zone and get your information and, and uh, buy your tickets. $5 a piece, 5 for 20 on that. And then the day of the uh, poker run, you can buy your Buffalo tickets while you're right there. And uh, there's no plastic accepted on the day of the poker run, uh, only before. And on the website, on the day of the poker run, it's cash only. Okay. So we make sure we get things done right there. All right. I appreciate your calling in about that. Welcome back to Wyoming and the whole area. All right. I got to come up on news time here. Local news coming your way right after local news update on the weather forecast. And you and I come rolling back in after that. 888-97-WOODS, the phone number. Nice long segment of open phones. 888-97-WODS. Wake up, Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. 8.36 the time. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Okay, this is not going to be a surprise to some of you. Others, yeah. Depends on where you are. Some of you have been getting a lot of snow out there. Others, what snow? I don't see any snow. What snow? Well, Gee, can you guess what highway is closed? How the wind does blow, it's pushing in the snow. The wood is out ahead, it has been closed. Truck is filling spots in every parking lot. The wood is out ahead, it has been closed. Well, it really hadn't happened much this year, but yeah, in this case, story just popped up on the K2 radio site. I'm sorry, uh, KGAB radio site which is in the Cheyenne, Laramie County area, but also Wake Up Wyoming site too. Winter condition crashes, closed stretch of I-80 in southeast Wyoming. So 8.22 a.m. update. Westbound 80, Cheyenne and Laramie, has been closed due to, well, it's a rolling closure. 
As of 8.18 a.m., estimated time of opening. We'll see what happens. Winter conditions have forced uh, closures, and there have been crashes, according to the Wyoming Department of Transportation. So all I'm going to do is, while I'm talking to you here, I have the Y-dot map. Just give it a moment here for it to load, and I'll let you know what it shows. And Y-dot does have a good interactive map. It's a good idea not just to look at what they highlight as this is close, but there's cameras all over the highways around Wyoming. So in many cases, you can go ahead and just zoom in and say, well, what does it look like? And zoom in on their cameras. Yeah, it still shows. Okay, it shows currently from Cheyenne all the way to Rollins, which is the usual spot, it's close. If you are around, and this is a usual place to rock wherever you guys are boxed in again. Sorry about that. Uh, Bosler. This is for those people who are north of Laramie from Bosler all the way around Rock River, Medicine Bow, Hannah, and back down on 30 right there. That's all closed up too right now. So, all right. There's other, again, other places in Wyoming are looking at it going, well, what snow, what weather? It really just depends on where you are because, uh, what was it, last week, folks? And some people... I think it was actually, no, it was Monday. Uh, Someone from Laramie sent me a note. Yeah, we got like eight inches of snow here. Oh, wow. Holy cow, did you? No, okay. All right, um, I'm going to do something really dangerous. I probably should. This is just going to destroy. I might, I might, somebody might just murder me because of this. I might, there might be a hit called out on me. I'm going to pick on Taylor Swift. Okay. So it's 3708. Uh, Paper or plastic? Plastic. That's the magic word. Green police. (laughs) You picked the wrong day to mess with the ecosystem, plastic boy. Did you install these bulbs? Tragedy strikes tonight where a man has just been arrested for possession of an incandescent light bulb. What do you guys think about plastic bottles now? The water setting is at 105. Got a TDI here? Clean diesel. You're good to go, sir. Good afternoon, officers. Are those foam cups you're drinking from? Yeah. Please step out of the car and put them in the Okay, so Taylor Swift, see, again, this is dangerous picking on Taylor Swift. I mean, she could have me murdered. There are Taylor Swift fans listening all over the place. So So Taylor Swift was upset because somebody was following her uh, airplane trips, her airplane rides. Of course, she has a private jet. I mean, think about how much money she's worth. So, of course, she has a private jet, right? So she uh, flies all over the place, and, and yet she's an advocate uh, for, you know, well, against man-made global warming. We're in a climate crisis, and we shouldn't be flying around in jets. So she then went after someone because that person was following her and reporting to everybody else, well, look at where she's flying to now, the hypocrite. Story says Taylor Swift drew... Uh, criticism over cease and desist letter she sent to a college student who used publicly available flight data to track her private jet usage. 
Yeah, and then threatened a lawsuit as well. Quit doing that. And say, I do think, and, and there's all sorts of people who start posting, you just can't handle accountability, can you, Taylor? Taylor Swift threatens to sue student who tracks her private jet. Now, again, she's supposed to be a climate activist, apparently, from what I'm reading here. If that's the case, why is she flying all over the place in her private jet? Private jets are the epitome of climate justice. The super rich are burning our planet, et cetera, et cetera. So she's under a lot of criticism for that. There was another story that I came across that said she might be now getting rid of that jet. I don't know if that's the case or not. But, okay, off to the phones we go. Mark Armstrong's on the line. Hello, Mark. Good morning, Glenn. How are you? Good, sir. What you got? Uh, So this evening, uh, both in Rock River City Hall and the Quadrangle, Albany County Republicans are going to have our caucus. It's the only chance you get to talk about the platform, the bylaws. we got some resolutions going, and everybody's invited, but only Republicans get a vote. Bring your ID, make sure you're you're registered, and uh, let's have some fun and make some changes and push common sense, good government, and good policies forward. Also, up in Lovell this weekend, uh, we're having a quarterly meeting of the state party, and Goshen County has put forward a resolution to chastise both Cynthia Lummis and John Barrasso for their stance on CO2. If they knew the good science, um, you know, the vesicle studies done on ice indicate that temperature rises first, and it's 800 years later, CO2 increases, and I am getting really, really tired of people that have no idea what the true science and true geology of and the facts are about CO2 keep trying to destroy our coal industry and our oil and gas industry. Now, those industries have funded our schools forever, and now that those industries are getting impacted by bad policies and bad politics, our property taxes are going up to fund our schools. So if you don't want your property taxes to go up, stop going after the coal industry. Stop going after oil and gas. They're our best source of energy, and we need common sense and good science. And I'll try to get off my soapbox and okay. let you get a word in. Okay, so the uh, real quick here, so the Albany County caucus, let's get people there. And you're caucusing over what specifically this time? Well, it's the caucus is to bring delegates to the county convention okay. and then to the state convention. All right. And we have some... Uh, uh, Platform changes we'll be making, and we have some bylaws changes we will be making. We also have numerous resolutions, including things like uh, ESA educational savings accounts and paper ballots. I know those are on uh, 460's agenda, uh, and 
We have other uh, resolutions to bring forward, and those will go up to the county and then up to the state. This is grassroots. This is where you need to get involved. You don't get a complaint unless you come. Okay. Thank you for calling in. Appreciate it. All right, coming up on some local business we have to take care of. Let's wake up my own. The best state within his price range. Tune in to Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Weekdays at 6. is the time it's Wake Up Wyoming. I, normally we head over to Frank Gambino, but he's on a job that's way out there in the middle of South Dakota and won't be back until next week. So, yeah, that means I had him for the first couple of breaks, and then it's just you and me after that, which is bummer, right? So what I should do is get some kind of a sports ringer. So I have some of these things to play for when Frank is away, which I'll play one of them for you. But I've played some of this stuff multiple times, and I'm looking at the file going, oh, it's good stuff. I really do like it. But either I can add more to this file when Frank is gone, or maybe even get some sports ringer, especially if it's someone who, like me, doesn't know anything about sports. And then I get them to try to talk sports. That would definitely fill this segment. I mean, I even told Frank when we get to April 1st, when you hear him doing sports, you know, he throws out all sorts of numbers and stuff. And I can't keep up with what he's doing. Who won what, who scored what, who had whatever penalties, where they rank, et cetera, et cetera. I have no idea. That it, to me, it's just a jumble. So I told him on April 1st, just go ahead and act like you're really covering sports, but just throw out a bunch of random numbers and stats that don't exactly connect to anything. That'll be hysterical. Then we just sit back and wait to see if anyone even notices. Don't tell anyone on April 1st that we're doing that. So I'll remind him as we get close to April 1st that that's what I'd like him to do. Oh, I'm sure he'll come up with some good stuff. Or, like I said, just toss out a bunch of random numbers. Meantime, so either I got to find new stuff for this file that I'm about to play for you here, or, or I find some way to bring in a ringer. I haven't decided yet. I don't know how to describe it to people that didn't see the Paralympics. It's sort of like the Paralympics, it's sort of like a children's book where all the broken toys have a picnic. <laughs> After closing out a successful first season, the WNBA is considering several changes to improve the level of play in the league next year. Among the proposals, extending the playoffs, increasing salaries, bringing back the three-point line, and replacing all the female players with guys. <laughs> Okay, WNBA high scoring and enter. Oh, Google! Did you mean NBA high scoring? That's terrible. Oh, come on now. All right, let's try a different one. WNBA triple double and enter. <laughs> Google! Look what Google said! Did you mean NBA triple-double Google? That is sexist! Any cricket fans in? Interesting fact about cricket. Cricket was invented at Rugby Public School when some boys were playing football and one of the boys forgot the ball and they're all standing in a field and nothing happened. <laughs> Let's make it easier. WNBA 
double, double. Enter. See, this is what you get to hear when Frank Gambino is not around, stuff like this. And again, I have a file full of this stuff, which it did not take me very long to find people making fun of sports and then just packing a file with it. I got George Carlin bits. Even got all the way back, who's on first? I played that for you before. Different sports mashups, um, guys, love of sports, another comedian to play for you there. I think some of the George Carlin bits are, are really good. But mostly, though, the who's on first bit, I mean, when we go back to... You know the guy's oh, name's on the baseball team? Yes. Well, go ahead. Who's on first? Yes. I mean, the guy's name. Who? The guy playing first. Who? The guy playing first base. Who? The guy on first base. Who is on first? Why are you asking me for? I don't know. Now, wait a minute. I'm, not I'm asking you who's on first. That's his name. Well, go ahead and tell me. Who? The guy on first. That's it. <laughs> That's his name. You said that. I asked you nothing. You did. You know the guy's name on first base? Right. Tell me the guy's name on first base. Who? <laughs> the guy playing first base. Who is on first, Lou? What are you asking me for? Okay, see, now that just never gets old. All right. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of news time after that national local update on the weather forecast, and you and I will roll back into it again. Might have a guess. We'll have some more open phones. 888 woods the phone number. Wake up, Wyoming. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Hold your calls for open phones for just a little while because we got a guest on the line. So Sherry is time in uh, Senator District 3 of the lovely little town of Lingle, Wyoming is on the line. Did I pronounce your last name right? That's correct. It's Steinmetz. Good okay. morning, Glenn. I took a stab to at you. it. Yeah, good to be with you. And I took a stab at that, hoping I would get that right. So, okay. You have some hearings coming up on environmental impacts of carbon negative policies. And I just want folks to understand that uh, our governor doesn't want to just do carbon neutral in Wyoming, but we need to be carbon negative, which is even more possible, impossible to achieve in my opinion though. But what do you think, Sherry? Um, well, yes, we're having hearings on February 13th. That is Tuesday upon adjournment um, with the Senate Ag um, State and Public Lands and Water Resources Committee. And so we'll be in the auditorium at the end of the breezeway for anyone who would like to attend it is a hearing we have invited the co2 coalition scientists that are in the state doing a tour around our state and speaking at various community colleges and so the opportunity presented itself for them to be available for our hearing as well and so we've invited them over for a, a discussion and hopefully they can help us provide more information on a true cost-benefit analysis for some of these policy decisions that are being promoted 
with regard to decarbonization. Okay. So now uh, the state of Wyoming, for those who don't know, we do have uh, a law in the book right now, Is my, but you can help me to understand this a bit more. When it comes to uh, power plants in the state of Wyoming, at some point, don't they have to start to capture carbon? Yes, and that was House Bill 2020 that was passed, that the governor did champion, champion that piece of legislation. I am running a repealer on that this legislative session okay. because according to our staff and the reports filed with the PSC from some of the companies, consumer rates to pay for that decarbonization and for those um, those facilities to be attached to our coal-fired power plants, the rate increase for residential customers is looking like $25 a month. Mm-hmm. and $40 for uh, commercial use. And so that, you know, it's not panning out. I know when they er- originally proposed that to the legislature, many people voted for it because it sounded like a good way to capture CO2 and then use it for enhanced oil recovery. However, that's, you know, not only is the bolt-on technology not available at this time, but it requires so much more energy, they almost have to build another power plant beside the power plant to power the CO2 capture apparatus. Okay. Why not allow these companies to make their own decisions? In other words, why would it be something mandated by the government if a power company sees a benefit to capturing CO2 and using it, a commercial benefit, I would think they would already do it by themselves. And in case you did, here's an interesting fact for you. When you open up a can of soda, chances are the CO2 in that soda came from a power plant. If there is a way for them to make money off it, wouldn't they just go ahead and do it anyway? Absolutely. That would be my assertion as well. So, yeah, I I think that they would. And if it was you know, the technology was readily available. I, you know, no doubt they would try to do that. It's not just enhanced oil recovery, but we know that greenhouses uh, purchase CO2 for plant growth because it is a plant food and it is one of the basic building blocks of all human life on the planet and, you know, all life on the planet. And so um, I hope that we're still teaching that in our schools. It's it's an important fact for us to remember. Okay. So the legislation to repeal part of what you're talking about here is going to be difficult to get heard this time around because this is a budget session. Am I correct about that? Yeah. So we we need a two-thirds vote to introduce any legislation this year because it is a budget session. So we'll okay. see how that goes um, and how quickly we can move through the proposed bills. We have a limit of three bills in the Senate. Right. Is there anybody else with you on that bill? Because I know you you really can't do this alone, especially in in the Senate, but you you have to get some other people to help you out, right? Of course. Well, I would hope so. I don't have it out yet. I'm running a little late on releasing some of my bills just because it seems like we've had a lot of work this um, interim. But we will be working on that. And another bill that is designed to push back as you know, the Rock Springs RMP has been a, a huge topic of debate, and especially for the Ag Committee, which is um, the committee that I work with mostly. And so we put aside $50 million in a legal 
fund for the legislature specifically to push back on these types of regulations because the RMP with Rock Springs through the BLM, that is really a blueprint of what decarbonization looks like, Mm -hmm. uh, declaring non-use a use and moving forward with that agenda. Okay. All right. So let's get people to that meeting that you're talking about. They need to be where and when? It's the 13th, February 13th, which is a Tuesday upon adjournment, which should be about 5 o'clock, I would assume we will start. Uh, That's one of our lighter days being one of the first days of session. So it will be in the auditorium at the end of the hallway between the Herschler and the Capitol building, the underground hall. And so that's where it will be. And for those those who don't know, uh, when they redid everything, I went down that hallway. It's actually pretty impressive now. You guys have a media room down there. We do. We do. I, I'm i not in it much, but yes, I've heard we have a media room. There's also a student learning center where mm-hmm. they bring um, our our kiddos that, and they have a little powwow. They have little lockers in there if they need to leave some things yeah. and then take a tour of the Capitol. So it's a nice facility for the public to be able to participate in our in their policy discussions because really that's what we're there for is the people of the state of wyoming to serve them and and real quick you know just between you and me nobody else out there listening whenever i'm going (laughs) from torrington and i'm heading toward let's say uh you know the fort laramie area places like that guernsey and so on i usually on the way through lingle i have to stop at the corner bar i would say the other name but i'm on the radio right now (laughs) and i like to have a burger there but i haven't been there in a couple of years how are they doing well, they sold to a younger um, couple who is my daughter's age, which is nice to see it passing on. However, a car drove through the side of their building. <gasps> really? So they've been closed. Yeah, they've oh been God. closed for remodeling. And so we sure wish them well and that they get open again soon because they do have great hamburgers and yeah, yeah, yeah. we like to support yeah. these young couples in business. Okay. Are the, is the young couple going to keep the name that I'm not allowed to say on the air? You know, so far they have, but that would be a question for them. Yeah, okay. I might have <laughs> so, to stop by. All right. I would love yeah. to, after this is uh, all done, when you have this meeting uh, that we talked about today, I would love to get an update as to how that happened, if you're interested in calling the show back. Sure, that would be great. And I did want to also point you to, it just came out on February 7th. Yeah. There is a report from the... Um, Economic Research Center at the Buckeye Institute right. talking about net zero climate control policies will fail the farm. And it's talking about carbon emission intensive foods like cheese and beef could increase more than 70% per pound. Okay. Let me so tell you that's why. a really good report. Let me tell you why that's a big well. problem. Speaking to you as a lady, I was uh, getting other women to respond to this. There is a book called Spells charms and incantations and this morning i was asking women on the radio one of the uh ideas to wooing a woman from this book is you can fascinate a woman by giving her a piece of cheese and (laughs) women from all over the region started to give me notes saying that is absolutely true especially if you have a big box of various types of cheese and some wine to go with it works better than flowers so if you're telling me the price of cheese is going up uh well, there goes my dating I'm life. I'm telling you. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, I'm telling you, yeah. And my husband always likes to bring me chocolate, so I'm a chocolate girl myself. (laughs) All right. Hey, thanks for coming on this morning. Hope to hear from you soon. Yes, thanks so much. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Serious takes on local politics, or something like that. Tune in weekdays 6 to 10 a.m. to Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Thirty-six to time. Wake up, Wyoming. Off to Laramie, Wyoming. Mike wants to talk about cheese and flowers and my unsuccessful attempts to woo women. Hi, Mike. Hi, Glenn. I think you could. I think you could do better if you sculpted the cheese into the shape of flowers. Okay. Now and then dip them in chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> Done. That, that. Okay. That would work. Then vacuum vacuum up the crumbs from the mm-hmm. crackers and she gets to see me vacuuming at the same time and then uh, th- oh, yeah. there's, there's no turning me down after that no the other thing i was wondering about are you going to do a live remote from cheyenne on monday morning no i'm not why well there were flyers all over of laramie about a rally for palestine at the state capitol at 9 a.m <laughs> on monday what do you want to bet like five people show up Probably five, but you know Channel 5 in Cheyenne will make it sound like it's oh. the biggest event in the state. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, now, it'd be interesting to see how many do show up because sometimes those on the left are really good at organizing. So I, I'd like to see how many actually do show up. But in cases like, you know, for Palestine, yeah, it's usually like five people. And you've seen it even in Laramie. you got like three people on the corner with some really pathetic signs. But, of course, it's going to make mm-hmm. local news as if it was actually a thing. Oh yeah, I'm just, I'm just. It's they're, they're, these people. They're small in number, but they'll be loud in voice. Oh yeah, all right. Thank you, man. Oh, I'm go just ahead. wondering how much it's going to make the news. I, well, we'll see. I, I think it makes the news quite a bit because Wyoming reporters are always struggling to find news. That's true. Yeah. Okay, Glenn. Yeah. All right, thanks. I appreciate it. So, if you're in Cheyenne, and I know this because the studios in Cheyenne are on Capitol. They're in the AIM Big Bank Building, just up you know, about midway up the bank building. And the studio window, which I can open, it's rare to be able to open up a window in a radio studio, but I can open up that window. And I have heard protesters go down the street, mostly on the weekend, but I've heard protesters on the street from time to time for various things. But it is the state capitol, so of course people are allowed to protest all they want. And really the protests are there to get media attention more than anything else. The reason that I say that's exactly why they're doing it is because there have been many times in Cheyenne that I've seen a group of protesters heading up or down Capitol. Either they, they like to either go toward the Capitol or the Supreme Court, which is one end of Capitol Avenue, or they head the other way from the Capitol to the depot, which is way down the other, which was nice when they built the depot in Cheyenne. People could get off the train, walk out the front door of the depot, and Right away, they up the road, they see there's the Capitol. It's a beautiful idea. But that's usually where they go. And normally, there's nobody on Capitol to see the marchers marching. That's not to say there's never any pedestrians, but in most cases, there's nobody lining the streets to watch the protesters. So, who are the protesters there for? Well, the media, of course. They just want to get a bunch of media attention. So, they let the media know... Then they walk down the street, and the media uh, takes 
pictures, video, writes it up, which is what they wanted in the first place. Now, that's okay because, I mean, the whole point of the protest is to get attention. And so, yeah, do a march down Capitol. Again, the general public will never see it, but get media attention. And I do mean, I I meant that when I, I said to Mike, the thing is with reporters in Wyoming is, and I'm not trying to say bad things about reporters in Wyoming, I'm just saying, when you look at reporters in Wyoming... There's not a lot happening in this state. And that's a good thing. We tend to like it kind of quiet, right? So they struggle for stories. When there is a story out there, when we finally have a story, then they'll go ahead and cover it as much as they possibly can, which is why anyone who protests anything in Wyoming, if they know how to get a hold of the media in advance, if they know how to set it, prep it, then they can go ahead and get a lot of media attention for whatever the cause is. Now, one of the things I often see, and I and I tell people who protest anything, you've really got to make yourselves look good because you're going to be on camera. Yeah, you're going to have your picture. Newspapers are pretty much gone, but you're going to have your picture on websites, you know, and, and video will be taken care of you. So you got you got to make it look good, right? Some people show up with handmade signs where they write too many words, and it's kind of hard to read their handwriting anyway, right? And they really don't know what they want to say. The professional protesters, you can tell, because they had signs made in advance. They didn't try to throw together the protest at the last minute. They thought it out. They had signs made in advance, which means, yes, you have to raise a little bit of money to put a protest together. And once they get their slogans down and all of that, they also get together and decide. And when we're asked questions by the news media, what are we going to say? So we know what our message is. So now that's what organization looks like. So even if you have just like 10 people show up, those 10 people look good. They're dressed for the event. They have signs that make sense and can be read. So when someone takes a picture of the group... Someone who's looking at the picture on their phone can make out what the sign actually says. Not something that was written in Sharpie on some poster board that they picked up at, you know, Walgreens or something like that. So, yeah, that's how people who know how to put a protest together will think about those things in advance. I've seen a lot of protesters in Casper where they want want to say something. They throw it together at the last minute and they look horrible. They sound horrible. And they don't get their message out, and they really had something they wanted to say, but they just can't get their message out. So it takes some work. It takes some savvy, some media savvy. Right? 942, wake up. Polish off that tin hat. You'll need it for this one. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods, available on demand on the Wake Up Wyoming app. is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Frank Gambino is out of town and taking care of other businesses. It's just you and me right now. I do have a story on the Wake Up, Wyoming site. This was posted by a wildlife management group. Uh, They want to show how how do you know when you're far enough away from wildlife? How can you see? Because you never know how fast some of these animals can run. Like when you take a big grizzly bear... You can be really surprised how fast those things can move. They don't look like they can move really fast, but man. And if you look at a bison, you might look at it and think, ah, thing's too big to really move fast. Oh, no, they can they can move. So what's the safe distance? Uh, 15 feet, 75 yards, 63 miles? Okay, so here's what they say. I'll let you be the judge. 
Look at the animal. Hold up your thumb at arm's length. Does your thumb cover the entire animal in question? If yes, you're far enough away. If you can still see both sides of the animal on your, around your thumb, then you're too close. My thought is, yeah, and if the animal bites off your thumb, general rule. And the same thing, by the way, if you're in a major city and you think you're looking at someone who might be like a mugger, same rule applies with the thumb. <clears throat> Although the mugger may think you're giving him the thumbs up, but okay. So, all right, women can use the same thing against creepy guys at bars. Is he far enough away? Put your thumb up. Careful. You don't want to look like you're giving him the thumbs up. <clears throat> so, okay, from uh, guidance from the Leave No Trace campground or uh, camping to keep you at a safe distance, and they have some pictures of this. It's Photoshop. It's really bad Photoshop of a woman holding her thumb up. And then the next picture is a bear, a grizzly bear, obviously Photoshopped in way too close. So... Okay, if you can smell the bear's breath, he's obviously too close to it. This is what they put up there for how do you know if the animal is too close. And they say it even works with chipmunks. I don't know. I've never encountered any dangerous chipmunks. I don't know. That's never happened to me. But if you're looking at the chipmunk and you're thinking, am I a safe distance away from the chipmunk? They say, hold your thumb up. Put it over top of the chipmunk. If it hides the chipmunk completely, you're safe, which I think is kind of difficult to do because you know how fast chipmunks skitter around, right? So, yeah, there's a problem that the animal is not exactly holding still for you. So that story is on the Wake Up Wyoming site, and to help entice you to look at it, there's two other things with it. There's some videos of stupid tourists getting too close in Yellowstone, but also how to get into a fight with a bear and win. Baseball is a 19th century pastoral game. Football is a 20th century technological struggle. <laughs> baseball is played in a park, the baseball park. Football is played in a stadium sometimes called Soldier Field or War Memorial Stadium. <laughs> baseball begins in the spring, the season of new life. Football begins in the fall when everything is dying. <laughs> In football, you wear a helmet. In baseball, you wear a cap! <laughs> football is concerned with downs. What down is it? <laughs> baseball is concerned with ups. Who's up? Are you up? I'm not up. He's up. <laughs> In football, you receive a penalty. In baseball, you make an error. In football, in baseball, the special, in football, <laughs> the specialist comes in to kick something. In baseball, the specialist comes in to relieve somebody. <laughs> football has hitting, clipping, spearing, piling on, personal fouls, late hitting, and unnecessary roughness. Baseball has the sacrifice. Football is played in any kind of weather. Rain, snow, sleet, hail, fog. Can't see the game. Don't know if there is a game going on. Mud on the field. Can't read the uniforms. Can't read the yard markers. The struggle will continue. In baseball, if it rains, we don't go out to play. I can't go out. It's raining out. In 
Baseball has the seventh inning stretch. Football has the two-minute warning. <laughs> Baseball during the game in the stands, there's kind of a picnic feeling. Emotions may run high or low, but there's not that much unpleasantness. In football, during the game in the stands, you can be sure that at least 27 times you are perfectly capable of taking the life of a fellow human being. <laughs> preferably a stranger. <laughs> and finally, the objectives of the games are completely different. In football, the object is for the quarterback, sometimes called the field general, to be on target with his aerial assault, riddling the defense by hitting his receivers with deadly accuracy in spite of the blitz, even if he has to use the shotgun. With short bullet passes and long bombs, he marches his troops into enemy territory, balancing this aerial assault with a sustained ground attack which punches holes in the forward wall of the enemy's defensive line. In baseball, the object is to go home. And to be safe. I hope I'll be safe at home. Come on, from some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National, local update on the weather forecast. It's Wake Up Wyoming.